Welcome to the True Crime Truckers Podcast. This podcast deals with true crime and subjects such as rape, murder, and sexual assault. This podcast may not be suitable for younger listeners, so listener discretion is advised. truckers podcast uh i hope you all are enjoying the series on ted bundy uh we are going to take a break from ted this week because it is my podcast two-year anniversary This is a special two-year anniversary episode, and I'm joined once again by my wife, Amanda Gale. Hello. And so, since there is a lot of grime and gore and just a lot of heaviness with the Ted Bundy case, and because it's my two-year anniversary, I thought that we would do something a little bit more lighthearted this time. So, we're going to do another... Um, current events episode where we read some news stories but this has a little bit of a twist because these are very funny true crime stories so we're gonna do that and hope you all like it uh to celebrate the two-year anniversary of the true crime truckers podcast all right let's do this all right would you like to go first or would you like me to go first i can go first with one of the ones that i found Okay, so this one is coming out of Miami, Florida. This is an Associated Press article. Two men charged with drug trafficking could have done a better job hiding their wares than using a package labeled literally bag full of drugs, Florida authorities said. I just thought it was funny. It's so ridiculous. Ian Simons and Joshua Reinhardt, both 34, were pulled over in Santa Rosa County on Saturday after a trooper clocked them going 95 on Interstate 10 on the state's panhandle, according to a Florida Highway Patrol arrest report. The trooper determined that Reinhardt was the subject of an active felony warrant for violation of probation in Orange County, so he requested backup. Santa Rosa County Sheriff's deputy arrived to assist, and the canine alerted to the presence of contraband in the vehicle, the arrest report said. Authorities found approximately 75 grams of meth, 
1.36 kilos of the date rate drug GHB, 1 gram of cocaine, 3.6 grams of fentanyl, and 15 MDMA tablets and other drug paraphernalia. So that's like a, a shit ton of drugs. Well, Isn't it? Um, the GHB is definitely a lot, but the rest of them, as far as it goes, that's a small amount of it's each. A, so it's a small amount a, of a lot of, of different, a lot of kinds different of types drugs. of yeah. drugs. Uh, right. Two things that's, that strike me right off the bat is, of course, it's Florida. Right. Because it's always Florida. And I don't understand why, when you are trafficking drugs, why people speed. There was right. just a right. uh, there was just a news article uh, today from the city that my parents live in, where they pulled over a car on the freeway doing 120 miles an hour, and it was some guy from Detroit that was trafficking heroin. Oh no! Yeah, it's like why would you be doing 120 sense. on the freeway? Did they have when Michigan cars too. Uh, they might have. I didn't say that in the article, but because just being from that same area. And it's like, if you're going to be driving 120 in Michigan plates, yeah, that's well, just, just driving 120 on just the Just driving 120, anyway. period. But driving 120 in Michigan plates, like, they're going to immediately start looking for other things. Right. Um, I just thought this was ridiculous. And what's pretty good about it is that there's actually a picture of all does, of the drugs. And it does say bag full of drugs. And it, it does say drugs. bag full of drugs. It, and it's not, it's not, also what I thought was funny is that's a purchase they made. Mm-hmm. Like the purchase that they made is a bag. Yeah, for all you listeners, is, it's not a bag that they wrote bag of drugs on. It's, it's something they actually purchased that yeah. says, it's like on there that says bag Full of drugs. And then yeah. this is what I'm it's like saying. like silk screened onto the Yeah, bag. and this is what I'm saying. is like, that's actually, I mean, to me, that looks like a large amount of drugs. Like, maybe, I don't know. But it, yeah, so it, it just looks like a lot. So both men were taken into custody and taken to jail. They're charged with trafficking and methamphetamine. They're charged with trafficking in methamphetamine and GHB. Three counts of possession of a controlled substance and possession of drug paraphernalia. That would be for the fentanyl and for yeah. the cocaine. Yep. Note to self, do not traffic your illegal nar- narcotics in bags labeled bag full of drugs. Deputies wrote on Facebook, our canines can read. Har, har, har. I thought that was pretty funny, too. These witty deputies. Yeah. Our canines can read. Har, har. I don't know. Wow. I thought it was funny. I, I cannot believe that you would put your drugs in a bag, in a bag that, that says, says bag of drugs. Bag full of drugs. Wow. Bag full of drugs. I thought was... I just thought it was kind of ridiculous. Yeah, that's a, uh, when I went, uh, was it last month, for my uh, DOT physical. For yes. all you listeners, yes. truck drivers, every two years, we have to go and take a, a Department of Transportation physical. And the place that I have to take it is an urgent care that's set up by my company. And they also do uh, employment drug testing and random drug testing. And while I was in the waiting room waiting to take my physical, a guy came in to take an employment drug screening, I guess, like new hire employment, and he was wearing a pot leaf hat. (laughs) And I was like, really? (laughs) Is there a way for, like, the BMV to make notes? Well, it wasn't the BMV, it was just an urgent care. 
Oh, there's a guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's just you're you're. It's a new hire drug test, and you're wearing a pot leaf hat. <laughs> and we live in Ohio, <laughs> where recreational marijuana is not. He legal. may have thought it was a Buckeye leaf. <sighs> if he was a guy that just really didn't know, and he, like, what if he's like a really, really, really clean dude, and he didn't even know that it was actually a marijuana leaf? He thought it was a Buckeye leaf. He didn't look like a really, really clean dude. That's judgy. I'm, That's judgy, Judy. Well. They right. call me Judy. Do you want to go next? Sure. This one I've heard several different times. Okay, so this story comes from the Washington Post. Okay. And it is written by Kathy Free. Boy, aged five, steals family car in an attempt to buy a Lamborghini. Then a man with a Lamborghini shows up at his house. What? Last week, five-year-old Adrian Zamarapa, Z-A-M-A-R-R-I-P-A, Zamarapa, took $3 out of his piggy bank, stole the keys to his parents' SUV in Ogden, Utah, and went for a joyride on the freeway, following the signs that pointed south to Los Angeles. When the kindergartner was pulled over on Interstate 15 after driving about three miles at 32 miles per hour. What? He made it three miles? He made it onto the interstate. Oh my gosh. He told the shocked highway patrol officer that he was on his way to California to buy a Lamborghini sports car. Oh my gosh. That afternoon, when news spread online about Adrian's dangerous adventure... His parents and sister were lambasted on social media by outraged people who thought they should have been paying more attention. Adrian's 16-year-old sister, Sydney Flores, who was babysitting, had taken a nap about 11 a.m. while her mom and stepfather were away at work. And when her little brother decided and that's when her little brother decided to take the keys from the hook near the door and go after his dream. You go, buddy. Oh my gosh. We thought he'd been kidnapped and we were all panicked, said Sydney, speaking on behalf of her family, because her parents understand limited English. I called my mom at work and she came rushing home crying. She said it never occurred to any of us that he would take off in the car by himself. How would he know how to do that? Right. Yeah. How would, you would never think that. You would think someone has stolen your kid and your car. No. Nobody in the family had ever encouraged Adrian to drive, said Sidney, except for when he rode up and down the sidewalks in his battery-powered toy truck at age two. <laughs> so our our 15-month-old is driving around on a little power-wheel bike in the backyard, so yeah, it's we're gonna only have a to, matter of time. We're going to have to watch him, just period. The public shaming was painful, she said, and made the family traumatic made the family's traumatic experience even worse. We all felt terrible about what happened. I never would have forgiven myself if something awful had happened to my brother or somebody else, she said. We gave him a real talking to, and he knows it was wrong. There were tears all around after Adrian's safe return, she said, and the family knew that they would probably hear more backlash. But then people started saying that my mom is not a good mother, and others thought that Adrian should be in jail, Sydney said. What? Yeah. The one that hit us the most was when this lady said that she wished death on him, 
that's not cool. It was a five-year-old kid. These people know nothing about what goes on at our house. They don't know how hard my parents work. We could not believe how many haters were out there. At least one person, though, decided that something positive could come out of the frightening experience. Jeremy Neves, 33, is an entrepreneur and and a philanthropist from Orem, Utah, who happens to own a matte black Lamborghini. When he heard about Adrian's incredible and potentially deadly road trip, he reached out to the family and asked whether he could take the boy for a ride in his sports car. I was shocked that the five-year-old knew how to get on the freeway, then pull over for a cop, said Neves, who has a son about six months younger than Adrian. Oh my gosh. Hey, I was 12 when I took my parents' car, he said. This kid Uh, is five? uh, I couldn't believe it. I thought, this kid is ambitious and has no fear. (laughs) (laughs) Education and discipline are certainly appropriate in Adrian's case, Neve said. But please, let's not focus on the bad, he said. Let's not miss the gift and the genius of this little boy. He was determined, willing to do whatever it took to go after his dream. You don't want that dreaming to stop. So on May 5th, the day after Adrian's joyride, Neves rode up to Adrian's house in his Lamborghini Huracan and spent the next hour talking to him and his family members, his mother, father, sisters, aunts, uncles, and cousins, and took them for rides around the neighborhood in his sleek and loud sports car. Holy cow. It was an amazing this experience. This is all pre-COVID, for, right? Because they could uh, be together May, nowadays. It <laughs> says, like, May 6th. So, okay. I was maybe, just joking, maybe, like, pre-COVID, you can't... Maybe Utah wasn't shut go down. Go hang out with a bunch of people right now. Oh, yeah, Utah. Yeah. I don't know. Is there any listeners out there in Utah? Were you guys shut down in early May? <laughs> did this make this on the news? Did you oh, see yeah. This on your oh, yeah. There's, I was like, like, to the listeners, like, did you make, like, did you happen to see this on the local yeah, news stations? If you watch online, you can find the dash cam video of the cop that pulled him over. Oh, my gosh. They what thought, did the cop even think? Uh, he thought that somebody was having a medical emergency because he couldn't stay in the lane. Well, of course he couldn't because he was five. How did he even touch the pedals? He was sitting very far forward in the seat. So he was basically, he touch- like, standing up. Pretty much. Almost. Well, if you if you see a picture, he's a very big five year old. The big five year old. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's tall and and big for his age. Oh my gosh. Uh, riding in the Lamborghini felt like a dream, said Adrian's mom, Bertiz Flores, in Spanish, as her daughter interpreted. It made all us feel good that this kind man went out of his way to make my son happy. Aww. Adrian seemed shy at first about going for a ride, said Neves. But as soon as he fired up his luxury car, the boy couldn't stop grinning and shouting, Faster, go faster. <laughs> Sweet little kid. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah, That's... if anybody's interested, you can find the dash cam video, probably on YouTube or something. Just type it in. He I took mean, $3 out of his piggy bank and was going to go to Los Angeles his... to buy a Lamborghini. That's so cute. I'm just going to go to L.A. buy a Lamborghini. I'm going to drive right. from Utah. To, yeah. to L.A. in California. Oh, And he gosh. was heading the right way, apparently. This sweet kid. Yeah. Sweet kid that stole the car. Gosh, people are crazy. Like, to ask, like acting so mean about... Yeah. Like, yeah, the sister shouldn't have taken a nap. But, like, calling for, like, a kid to be put in jail, like a five-year-old, that's insane. 
He's five. Yeah, but I mean, we have a four, almost five year old, and I mean, if I was just watching him and stuff, like I, I'd probably like rest my eyes or fall asleep for a little bit if I thought he was in his room playing with his tablet. Yeah. Or I like mean, watching a video on TV and stuff, I might fall asleep on the couch, and you know, yeah, you wouldn't think anything of that. You especially wouldn't think that your five year old could figure out how to work the car. Yeah, for sure. And an SUV at that. An SUV. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't like you got into a Cavalier. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So speaking of of, uh, Escape. Escape. This next one is titled, Burglar Breaks into Escape Room. Can't figure out how to escape. (laughs) Like an escape room like the games? (laughs) Well, you'll find out. Okay. Police in Washington say a man who broke into an escape room on Sunday damaged the room so badly that he couldn't escape. Rye Wardlaw. Rye Wardlaw. That's the worst. Rye the most, Wardlaw. Okay. The most unfortunate name I've ever heard. Allegedly broke into. Is it Rye R-Y-E? R-Y-E, yeah. Okay. Allegedly broke into Northwest Escape Experience in Vancouver, Fox 12 reported, citing the Clark County Sheriff's Office. An owner of the escape room, a locked room full of puzzles and clues that participants must solve in order to escape told the news station Wardlaw did so much damage to the business that he couldn't escape after breaking in. He apparently didn't know how to use the lock on the front door, uh, Tamara Bartland said. From inside the room, Wardlaw reportedly called police and told officials he was calling from the escape room because his own home was being burglarized. While trying to escape, Wardlaw allegedly broke the back door handle before calling 911 several times. So he had to call 911 to, to come get him, get out, of him out of this of the room that of the building he broke into. You got to look around for clues. He reportedly gave law enforcement a phony address, so they responded to the escape room. So that confused me. How would you give law enforcement a, if you're calling law enforcement to come get you out of a place? Why are you going to give them a phony address? Because he probably, in the middle of making the phone call, realized that it probably was a mistake and that he was definitely going to go to jail as soon as they came to get him out. So he probably panicked and gave them the wrong address. But then they just ping your phone and figure out Well, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. So they responded to the escape room. Yeah, right. Um, Tamara's husband, Rob, told Fox 12 the incident made him feel violated as their escape room is a small business. We put our heart, soul, and money into this place to make it work. Our goal is to bring fun to families and businesses, and it doesn't feel good to take, get taken advantage of. Of course. Yeah. Um, I think that's like the general thing everybody says. If someone breaks into their house yeah, or exactly. something, like you feel violated. Right. So that's completely valid. Once police had arrived, Wardlaw reportedly found a way to escape the room and was outside the business. Wardlaw faces a second-degree burglary charge with a bail set at $40,000. Why wouldn't you run? If you escaped the escaper, why would you just be outside the... I don't know. Well, but, I mean, I just want to know how this went down. So, like, we've done an escape room. Mm -hmm. We've done an escape room. And it's not like you walk through the front door and you're just in an escape room. My question is, what did he think he was going to steal from an escape, escape room, room place? I don't know. I mean, it seems like a very ill-advised plan. No. I mean, clearly he didn't. Definitely doesn't through. seem like a place that would keep cash there after, I'm like sure they not. close. Yeah. I mean, I just I don't understand how 
why like does, does he not know what an escape room is it just doesn't make sense to me because you go into these and it's like the business area like you know in the one that we've been in and i would assume they're all kind of set up the same way yeah probably it's not like you just immediately walk in and you're in this locked room and you have to figure out all these puzzles to get out like right. so he had to go from the business area of where they would keep anything and actually go into an escape room and close the door behind himself and get locked in. Like, yeah, yeah, because they normally have electronic locks on the. Yeah, and those escape rooms are escape filled room. with things that they buy at like Goodwill and yeah. trinkets, and they're all thematic, you know. So it's yeah. cohesive. But what? So it's just yeah. Rye needs to uh, start living an honest life and. Stop trying to burglarize because he's not good at it. Yeah, apparently not. At all, yeah. No. I just thought that was ridiculous. Breaks into an escape room, can't figure out how to escape. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. So, that was that was the next one I've Escape had. rooms are a lot of fun, by escape the way. Escape rooms are a lot of fun. It. Yeah, when this is all done, definitely, uh, when all this COVID business is done, find the local escape room, go and Wear have gloves. fun. It's really cool. And wear gloves. Wear gloves. Yeah. Why wear gloves? So that you don't get, like, germs on your hands. I said when all this COVID is over. Yeah, but, like... COVID's not going to be, be over. The, yeah, but there might be, a, like, the new, new COVID. The new, new COVID? But yeah, there's okay. going to be something else that comes out that... Well, hopefully not for 100 years. All right, you're up next. Okay. So this story is going to have a little bit of audio to it. This story comes from deadspin.com. And it's by Chris Baud. Uh, report, Earl Thomas's wife catches him in orgy, holds him at gunpoint. Thomas, things like this happen. Pray for us. Now, some of you may not be football fans, and some of you may not live in the United States. So, uh, just a little backstory. Earl Thomas is a safety in the NFL. He was part of the Super Bowl champion Seattle Seahawks, uh, their defense known as the Legion of Boom. He the is current, yes, with yeah, him and Richard Sherman and yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he is currently a safety for the Baltimore Ravens, which is a team that I hate as a Cleveland Browns fan. Right. Um, so yeah, that's just a bit of backstory. The football world is afire with Wednesday's report of an intense and near-violent domestic incident involving Baltimore Ravens star Earl Thomas. Thomas narrowly escaped with his life after his wife and two of her friends crashed a sex romp at an Austin, Texas Airbnb, according to TMZ. (laughs) The veteran safety reportedly got into an argument with his wife Nina and called his brother Seth to pick him up at his home in Austin. Nina Thomas went onto her husband's Snapchat account and found an incriminating video of him with another woman. She then used Snapchat to locate and track him to his mistress's Airbnb. Ooh. Yeah, just putting on her detective hat. That's putting that FBI hat on. She met up with two friends with plans to confront him bringing along Earl's 9mm Beretta to scare him. They found the Thomas brothers in bed with other women. 
So him wow. and his brother were in bed having an orgy with a bunch of other women. Wow. Which is weird. Yeah, You're I would think a that's... sex orgy with, would think your, that's pretty with your weird. brother. Yeah. That's weird. That's pretty weird. Uh, according to court documents obtained by TMZ Sports, Nina took out the gun's magazine thinking it could not fire, but there was still a bullet in, in the, the chamber. chamber. Yeah. Always got to rack that slide and check the chamber. Wow. Police arrived on the scene at 3.41 a.m. and say that Nina pointed the gun from less than a foot away and it can clearly be seen that Nina's finger was on the trigger and that the safety was disengaged. Oh my gosh. Luckily, Earl Thomas was able to wrestle the gun away from his wife, although she apparently bopped him in the nose during the scuffle. The police arrested Nina Thomas for burglary of a residence with the intent to commit aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. TMZ Sport reports that cops interviewed the other woman at the scene who claims that Nina Thomas threatened her and her friends saying, I got something for all you hoes. I got something (laughs) for all you hoes. Thomas, who was not arrested, posted a video on his Instagram. He didn't respond to details of the case, saying, It's really not anybody's business. It pisses me off that it got out. Instead of talking about us, just keep us in y'all's prayers. On Thursday morning, Thomas deleted the video. Although, I have the video right here, it's and I there. am going to play it can delete you. it all you want. It is still out I there. Am, I am going to play it right now for you, huh? So my agent just hit me and said that I'm going to be on uh, TMZ tomorrow from an altercation that happened with me and uh, Nina. So I uh, just want to get a heads, heads, just wanted to get ahead of it. And uh, I mean, it's really not anybody's business. Um, it's pissing me off that it got out, but it, it's the world we live in today. Uh, but instead of talking about us, just keep us in y'all prayers. And uh, stuff like this happens, bro. You know, I, we try to live the best lives we possibly can, but sometimes it don't go as planned. Uh, just pray for us, you know, as we go through this stuff. Um, you know, we're back talking. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm seeing my kids. So uh, just keep us in your prayers. So, uh, so just keep Earl Thomas in your prayers. These y'all. things happen. Yeah. <laughs> these, these things happen. These things happen. I mean, I'm sure for NFL stars. It, I mean, I, I guess so. Maybe. I don't think those things happen for normal people. Yeah. But I love the, you know, I don't know how this got out. Well, it got out because your wife got arrested for trying to murder you after yeah. she caught you in bed with some skanky hoes, and your brother. That still weirds me out. Like She looks all sorts of not happy in her mugshot, too. Um, um, I am guaranteeing you she I'm was sure not she probably, happy. I am sure she probably wouldn't be very... She still looks like... Honestly, she kind of looks like bitch got scared and I'm happy. Yeah, like, of course. She looks a little bit satisfied with herself. Yeah. Uh, I like... Yeah, I love that. These things happen. No, those things don't really happen. I mean, affairs happen. Yeah. But uh, not really showing up with a yeah. packing heat to yeah. a Airbnb where you're having an orgy yeah. with your brother yeah. and multiple women. Yeah. That particular scenario doesn't usually but happen. But they're working things out. 
Well, you know. Well, that's... you need to, you need to work on hiding your gun a little bit better. Is what you need to do. Oh my gosh. Okay, so the seven-time pro bowler who earned fame as a member of Seattle's Legion of Boom secondary turns 31 today. He and his wife, Nina Heiser, were high school sweethearts, married in the star-studded 2016 ceremony in Houston, where he wore a crown, because of course you would. In attendance were Seahawks teammates Russell Wilson and his then-fiancée, Ciara, Singer Anthony Hamilton performed at the wedding. Um, I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. uh, Thomas, a first-round pick out of Texas in 2010, signed a four-year, $55 million contract with the Ravens before last season. Uh, Nina Thomas was freed on bail. Her attorney, Jonathan Goins, told TMZ Sports that she unequivocally and categorically denies these allegations. And the couple have three children. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure there's much to deny there. Yeah, and apparently there's police footage where they yeah. roll up and they I'm can. Sure she that's... has a gun in her hand pointed yeah, at him. So. That doesn't really sound like. Uh... So uh, if any of you skanky hoes ever meet Earl Thomas, like you need to go the other way. Yeah, don't 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 have a Airbnb orgy with him because his wife's got something for all you hoes. Yep. So this one's on um, the Daily Mail, but it's actually something that happened in the U.S. Fugitive's Snapchat post leads police straight to him hiding in closet at his home. A man wanted by police made a couple of critical mistakes that led to his capture. He sent out Snapchat messages pinpointing his own location. The Somerset County Sheriff's Office had been looking for Christopher Wallace of Fairfield, Maine, for several weeks in connection with a burglary in January. Police told the Morning Sentinel that on Sunday night they received tips from people who said Wallace, 24, had posted on Snapchat that he had returned to his Fairfield home. So the police are looking for you. Oh, boy. And then you're going to post on social media, like, hey, guys, I'm home. The Somerset County Sheriff's Office posted on... you can always go into the settings on your phone and for your apps, and you can turn off location services. Yeah, so if you're ever going to commit a crime, and then but you still want to update your peeps on Twitter, you can disable I mean, I don't ever use that with any of my social media. I don't think like, I do Like, I don't either. post where I, like, I don't allow location I don't think to I do say either. where I post it from. Yeah, so the Somerset County Sheriff's Office posted on Facebook on Monday, over the past few weeks since our press release looking for a public for the public's assistance in locating him, Mr. Wallace had become cocky, which led to his downfall. This is where our story picks up. This is all still quotes of the Somerset County Sheriff's Office. <laughs> Using the Snapchat app, Wallace posted that he was at his house in Fairfield 
which prompted people to call the sheriff's office. So clearly people that followed him were not fans of him. Apparently. Because they ratted his ass out. Police went to the house. While they were searching with permission of the residents, they were tipped off that Wallace had posted a new Snapchat message saying police were in the house looking for him and he was hiding in the cabinet. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently he didn't turn his profile private or anything. I feel like the police were probably following him. Like, I feel like he probably got followed by Somerset County Sheriff's Office. Yeah, right. Police wrote, a search of the kitchen cabinets turned up some food, some pots and pans, clearly, and also a pair of feet. (laughs) The pair of feet just happened to be attached to the person, and that person was Christopher Wallace. The police added he was removed from the cabinet and placed under arrest. All of that brings me to the moral of the story. Always remain humble, my friends. Erica Hall, 20, was also arrested for hindering apprehension. The sheriff's, the sheriff's office wrote on Facebook, let's put it this way. When the police ask you multiple times if someone is in the house and you answer repeatedly that they are not in the house and that you have not seen this person in weeks, you're just going to get arrested. That's how it happens. That's right. So I just think that's hysterical. He, The police are in the house searching for him and he's like, LOL. Yeah. This is great. The police are in my house looking for me. Spoiler alert. I'm in the cabinet. Like... I don't know. I'm trapped in the cabinets. Yeah. I just, and I feel <laughs> like. It's a new R. Kelly hit. Yeah. And I'm stuck in the cabinets. I feel like him. The police are outside the door. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like him posting that is just, uh, it's just, it's just, it's yeah. just funny. Yeah. It's just funny. Remember, folks, if you're aiding and abetting somebody and the police come to your front door and ask if you've seen them and you tell them no, like, uh, they, you better hope that they have a very good hiding spot inside your house because, yeah, you'll get arrested if they find them. Yep. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Do you have another one? I do. I have one more. This one's a little bit of a short, um, a short story, uh, but it is the funniest one out of the three that I've done. Okay. This uh, comes from the Daily News. Uh, It's by Brian Nimitz uh, from the New York Daily News. Okay. Okay. Two men wear watermelon over their heads to steal booze, cops say. What? They wore water. Okay. Here, I'll show you the picture. Oh, there's pictures. Yes. That's using your melon. That's using your melon. Two young men in central Virginia wore watermelons as masks when they stole booze wow. from a convenience store over the weekend, according to the smoking gun. Now, for all of you that are listening, uh, it's two different watermelons uh, where they cut the inside of it out and cut eye holes. Uh, if any of you have ever seen the movie Spaceballs, it's exactly like the helmets that like all the... Uh, crew members wear on the... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's hilarious. Who is he? He's an asshole, sir. I know that. What's his name? That is his name, sir. Asshole. Major asshole. And his cousin? He's an asshole, too, sir. Gunner's made first class Philip asshole. How many assholes we got on this ship, anyhow? Yo! I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. Keep firing, assholes! Uh, One of the accused thieves, Justin Rogers, 20, 
has reportedly been charged with larceny, underage possession of alcohol, and wearing a mask while committing larceny. <laughs> Cops released photos That's of the... That's a separate charge? Yeah. Wearing Apparently. a mask while doing it? Apparently. Cops released photos of the odd couple in their disguises with hopes that the public can point them to Roger's alleged helper. The pair was caught on security video from the store. In one image, they appear to be posing for the camera. In that photo, Rogers has his arm around his pal as they look into the camera through eye holes carved into the gutted fruits or vegetables. Watermelon.org claims an argument can be made that a watermelon are members of either of those food groups. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Throw that in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's ridiculous. So a watermelon can be both a fruit or and a vegetable. Didn't know that. The more you know. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Okay, so there's a couple that are pretty funny. This one is, uh, it's just called bird, Bird-Brained Prank. Two Welsh tourists landed themselves in court in 2012 after they got drunk and stole a penguin called Dirk from the SeaWorld in Australia. Reese Owen Jones, 21, and Carrie Mules, 20, from South Wales, broke into the park on Queensland's Gold Coast, swam with the dolphins, and let off a fire extinguisher in the shark enclosure <laughs> before making off with poor Dirk. When they were <laughs> poor Dirk, <laughs> poor Dirk. When they woke up hungover and with the flightless bird in their apartment, they tried their incompetent best to care for him by feeding him and putting him in the shower. The court heard. Yeah, you just have to put like a doggy door in the bottom of your fridge. <laughs> I mean, everybody's seen Ace Ventura. That's how you keep <laughs> That's a penguin. That's how you keep a penguin. Come to me, jungle friends. They later released Dirk into a canal, but were spotted by locals who called police. A magistrate. Find them a thousand Australian dollars, which is about six hundred and thirty-seven pounds, which is about probably like seven hundred dollars U.S. Yeah, somewhere around there. No, it's probably around yeah, seven fifty. And told them to drink a little less vodka. Dirk was rescued and returned to SeaWorld unharmed. <laughs> they got off light. They did get off I mean... light. And I feel like Dirk had a lot of stuff to tell all the other penguins. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have to be drunk to do that stuff. Yeah, you've got... I mean, how did you make it through a zoo that drunk, though? Like, well, I mean... SeaWorld, it's not a zoo. Oh, that's true, yeah. Oh, well, they broke into it. I was like, did they get drunk while they were there? But I forgot it says yeah, they, they broke, broke into, into it. it. Yeah. Yeah, you don't swim with dolphins. Throw, set off, set a, off fire a fire extinguisher. extinguisher in the shark enclosure. Maybe they got in it and they were trying to use it as, like, jet propulsion. <laughs> I guess. Before making off the poor Dirk. Dirk. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand that. We There's, used to have a SeaWorld <clears throat> here in Ohio, but, like, the penguins enclosure was, like, completely enclosed. There used to be a SeaWorld in Ohio? Mm-hmm. Yeah, up near Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And then SeaWorld, wow. So SeaWorld used to be in Geauga County, 
and uh, it was right next door to Geauga Lake. They were both on opposite sides of a lake. Yeah. And then Six Flags bought Geauga Lake and SeaWorld both and turned it into Six Flags Worlds of Adventure. So it was a, a amusement park and a SeaWorld all combined into one. And at one time it was the largest amusement park in the world <clears throat> as yeah. far as, like, its area. Hmm. So it's since closed. Yeah. It's, uh, there's, you showed me the drone footage of them flying over. Yeah, it's been a, it's been it's abandoned, abandoned for, for over 10 years right. at this point. All right, there's another one that I thought was pretty funny, and it happened in Ohio. And it's, again, about these witty police officers posting on their Facebook page. Um, this is, uh, actually a BBC News article, but it's a is U.S. It BBC One or BBC Two? BBC Three. It's yeah. BBC. BBC News. Um, U.S. fugitive sends selfie to police after, quote, terrible mugshot. A man suspected of arson and vandalism has sent a selfie to police because he found the photo in his arrest warrant to be unflattering. Don nice. Donald Chip Pugh texted police a photo of himself and wrote, here is a better photo. That one is terrible. Police in Lima, Ohio, posted the photos to their Facebook page and asked for help in locating Mr. Pugh. This photo was sent to us by Mr. Pugh himself, Lima Police Department wrote in the post. We thank him for being helpful, but now we would appreciate if he would come to speak to us about uh, at the Lima Police Department about his charges. Police say he is a person of interest in several cases, and his warrant is for a failure to appear as directed for a summons. Man, they just did me wrong, Mr. Pugh told an Ohio radio station about why he sent the selfie. They put a picture out there. Wait, that, he sent a picture to the to the police, and then he calls a radio station? <laughs> I guess. I don't understand. Wow. Um, the balls on this guy. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it says, Man, they just did me wrong, Mr. Pugh told an Ohio radio station about why he sent the selfie. They put a picture out there that made me look like I was a Thundercat or James Brown on the run. I can't do that. A Facebook page called Free Chip Pugh pokes fun at the whole situation. <laughs> Nothing wrong with looking like a Thundercat. That was my favorite cartoon as a kid. Yeah, I know. You've, uh, I've never heard of that ever in any other context other than you talking about that show and in this article. Yeah. I'm wondering if that Facebook group is still open. Yeah. It is. Free Chip Pugh. It's 549 people like it. Yeah. Yep. That's well, really funny. Keep on running, Chip. That's really funny. Oh, wow. Yep, so they caught him. They did get him on Oh, they got him? They did get him, oh, yeah. They arrested shit. him in Florida because he... Because Florida. ...was posting on social media. And, and then he got tracked right. to Florida. So if we've learned anything from this episode, people, turn your location services off on your social media posts. And when you download new social media, when it asks you if it can use your location, just say no. Okay, so on this free Chip Pugh web, uh, or, uh, Facebook group, they had shared a uh, update that he had put on his own Facebook. And he says, out of jail, just went shopping in Alabama at the Hillbilly Mall. What up, Lima? Hashtag run, Chip, run. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a picture of him standing next to a broken down tractor with, like, a stuffed monkey in cowboy boots and standing next to the sign that says the Hillbilly Mall. I mean, 
And the quote a broke on... down tractor and cowboy boots and what'd you say about a monkey? The it's like a stuffed. It looks like a stuffed monkey wearing a vest and cowboy boots and I, this broken down tractor. Or truck. I mean, in all actuality, like any of that stuff, that could be Alabama or that could be Lima, Ohio. Like <laughs> he had a following. Yeah. Well, poor Chip. This is so funny. Any other, uh, any other stories? Nope. This is the that was that was my finale. Okay. I just well, I just thought that was pretty funny. <coughs> they they're literally there. There's pictures of Chip. They've photoshopped pictures of him everywhere into random things. So it's like Chip has been spotted in the bushes in front of the Lima Police Department. Post your Chip spottings here. Okay. And it's just a picture of the Lima Police Department with him photoshopped in a bush. <laughs> So if people want to check that out, what's the website or what's it's the Facebook? It's on Facebook, or? and you can literally just type in "free chip pew," "free chip pew," p u g h, okay. and uh, and you can get on there and see. They haven't had any postings in a long time, but it's pretty funny. Yeah. So shout out to the man and legend for making it out of jail, and that's when he wrote the hashtag #run chip run. <laughs> Okay, well, I hope everybody enjoyed this uh, second anniversary episode of the True Crime Truckers podcast. Uh, it's been an amazing two years, and uh, let's see how year three goes. Hopefully it's uh, just as good as the first two. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, if you want to contact me, you can email me at truecrimetruckerpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can join the Facebook group at True Crime Truckers Podcast. Uh, you can visit my webpage at www.ageofradio.org slash truecrimetrucker. Or you can follow me on Instagram at michael.prit81. You'll see a bunch of pictures of our kids on there. Yeah. Kids and serial killers. Kids and serial killers. That's that's the bulk of his postings on Instagram. Oh, and uh, new special announcement. Um, I'm getting rid of my Patreon account. Uh, I've had it up for almost two years at this point, and I've had one Patreon subscriber, which I get, you know. I mean, I, I have no problems with you know, having it for free. I just, you know, most podcasts have a Patreon account. And so I thought I'd add one for me. And, uh, so I'm going to close my Patreon account because, uh, the $1, I don't see any of that money. Patreon keeps that. Like you have to make a certain amount for them to actually. So, um, that's rude of them. Yeah. Well, so normally when I do my, uh, contact info and stuff, I'd tell you that, you know, if you subscribe to Patreon, that I will send you a True Crime Trucker sticker. Well, still got a bunch of True Crime Trucker stickers, so here's the deal, since it's been two years. If you message me on any of my social media, if you send me an email, go ahead and send it to me, send me your mailing address, and I will mail you a couple, couple stickers free of charge. So, you can just have. Um, so yeah, again, you know, just, just send an email out or DM me on Instagram or send me a Facebook message or, you know, any of that stuff and you can get them absolutely for free. There you go. All right. Uh, 
it's been a wonderful two years. I'm so appreciative of everybody that listens to the show. And uh, I will keep making them if you keep listening to them. And uh, next episode, we'll get back into uh, the last little bit of Ted Bundy. And then the episode after that, uh, we're going to have my wife back on. We're going to have a little discussion about old Teddy. So uh, until then, uh, wash your hands. Stay six feet apart from anybody. Wear your masks and uh, stay safe. Bye.